Hello, and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne. We all know that life is hard, right? It's messy, it's unpredictable, but it can be wonderful all at the same time. My hope is that we can take a deep dive into self-development topics and explore life's lessons through book clubs, conversations, and interviews. And together, we can uncover the lessons that others have already learned to help us navigate this crazy, wonderful ride called life. Hello and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne. For those of you following along with our book club choices in the private Facebook group, you know that we've been reading Just a Thought by Dr. Amy Johnson. Just a Thought is a self-help book that teaches us that our minds are like machines, like computers that constantly spit out repetitive stories. They love to replay the past and predict the future. They have conviction over their beliefs. Our minds love drama and exaggeration. Our minds live to create identities for us, and then they work like crazy to provide evidence that supports those identities and to filter out any evidence that contradicts those identities. It doesn't matter who you are, our minds fundamentally work the same. Yes, we all have different experiences, and some of the details do in fact differ, but in general, the functionality of our mind is the same. Early in the book, in the chapter titled, who you are and what you are not, Dr. Johnson explains that our thoughts don't define us. Just because we think we are insecure doesn't make it true. That just because we think we are incapable, that doesn't mean we are. This really resonated with me on a lot of levels. And looking back now, knowing what I know now, I can totally see how this played out in my life. And I can definitely see where I bought into the stories my mind made up and where I began to take on the identity my mind built for me. And then I supported that identity even further by creating the behavior patterns to back it up. Those stories I believed were not the essence of who I really was, but I had gotten so used to listening to them and finding evidence for them that they felt real and I sort of got lost in the mix. They felt so real that at the time I thought they encapsulated the essence of who I truly was and I had no idea they were just stories I didn't need to believe or support. The good news is I have more knowledge now and I've learned more and now I'm pretty clear on the fact that they're really just stories. And if I change my patterns, if I change my behaviors, and if I can catch myself and redirect my thoughts when appropriate, I can create new stories and find new evidence to support a different perspective. I'll give you a very tangible example. For the last 25 years, I described myself as a workaholic. I kind of wore that as a badge of honor. Anyone that knew me would describe me the same way. I worked a lot and work was definitely one of my top priorities in my life. I focused and I worked my way up the ladder over a 25-year career landing in a leadership role. I had a good deal of responsibility and I had people that reported to me in multiple locations across the country. They depended on me for leadership, for mentoring, and I also had responsibilities tied to large-scale, high-visibility systems and projects. The story I built for myself was that I needed to be a workaholic to ensure I could continue to grow, to ensure that I was independent, that I was self-sufficient, and that I could continue to be successful. I told myself it was something that made me thrive and that fed my soul and that I actually hated downtime and also that I was just wired that way so I couldn't help it. But guys, 
Let me tell you now, although I had lots of habits that fed into that story, none of it was true. None of it is true. Case in point, when I separated from that company last year, I took six months off to just relax, to spend time with my granddaughter, to disconnect from my old job and work habits, to connect with friends and with myself and remember some of the things that I really enjoyed doing but hadn't had a chance to do in years, really to remember who I really was and the person that I wanted to be when I was a child. And as I look back now and reflect on it all, it's very clear that although there were whispers trying to pull me back all along, unfortunately, I just ignored them until last summer. But once I started to walk towards those things, to change my habits, to incorporate behaviors that supported my core values and the essence of who I really was, to look for the evidence that showed me a different perspective, my life completely shifted. I felt lighter, more grateful, more gratitude. I found a new job that I enjoy and that I bring value to and that has a culture that aligns with my core beliefs. I'm working 100% remotely, so I'm not spending a ton of time commuting or traveling. And I now have a real work-life balance. I'm so much happier. And now that I've moved on and I've shifted my thoughts it's crystal clear to me that comfort zone that I was living in that I thought I didn't want to leave was really not very comfortable at all. I don't need to eat, breathe, and think work 24-7 to be successful. I can have balance and still add value. The identity of a workaholic and being so serious all the time was just a story my mind created to make sure that I stayed in overdrive and I didn't let myself be vulnerable but I was never that identity at all or any of the other identities my mind built around those stories. They were not the essence of who I truly was. I was just listening to those stories and supporting them with my own actions. All that said, I would be remiss not to acknowledge that those stories did play a part in keeping me focused on my mission and getting me to where I wanted to be in my career. From a position and earnings perspective, I got where I wanted to go. But now, knowing what I know, I can't help wonder if I could have changed some of those patterns of behavior along the way and achieved all the same things, but with a little more balance. I guess that's one of the many what-ifs that I'll never really have an answer for, and that's okay. It's all part of the journey. We learn as we go. Dr. Johnson says, Who you are is like the clear blue sky, and your experience, your moment-to-moment thoughts, feelings, Cravings, desires, fears, and behaviors are like the weather. She says weather is always coming and going, moving and changing. Weather moves through the sky but never damages the sky. Weather is constant, but we can't control it. It simply passes through. Similarly, the story about my identity was not who I was. It was simply a story that was built out of some part of my life to protect me, and it was just passing through. But I was continuing to support it with my actions and create evidence for it. I can look back now and see that it started when I was a very young single mom without much support around me. I knew that I had to do whatever it took to create a good life for my baby and I. I knew that no one was coming to save the day or save me. Believe me, I exhausted all those possibilities. So I knew it was all on me. So I set out to bust my butt to make sure I could take care of us, to set a good example and build a life that we could really be proud of and thrive in. And I didn't want to have to rely on anyone else. So I created that reality. 
But somewhere along the line, I let those goals and that pattern of behavior associated to them become my identity. The book explains this a bit and says that when traumatic things happen to us, the emotions we feel don't feel like safe human weather that will pass on its own. In those times, we feel anything but safe. But the truth is that who we are at our core is always safe. It may get hidden, but it can't get changed. Not truly. The essence of who we are is always okay. And continuing with the weather analogy, I was still the blue sky in that circumstance, even though very stormy weather was passing through. And when that storm was passing through, my psychology got thrown into a tailspin and my mind wouldn't forget that very easily because that's what our minds do. While trying to protect us, it responds and says, never again. And it creates stories about who we are and what types of behaviors we need to protect us from similar situations or feelings in the future. The power of our minds doesn't stop there, though. Minds contradict themselves all the time. They're obsessed with the past and the future. They become the narrator of our life, making up stories about where we should be in our lives, and about how much we should have accomplished. They spin stories almost nonstop. They think of things in linear and black and white, but yet they contradict themselves all of the time. The book had a great example around this that I think many of us can relate to. It was a story about how you might have a rough day and you're feeling overwhelmed and tired and you feel like you deserve a nap and you go back and forth and you're trying to convince yourself that you should take a nap and you, and you finally do and you take a long nap. And then when you wake up, your mind immediately transitions into a position of saying things like, I can't believe you took a nap. You wasted so much time of your day. What is wrong with you and how are you going to catch up and so on and so on and so on. It goes from one extreme to the other, constantly keeping us in a space of never being good enough and never meeting our mind's expectations. This type of mind behavior can also be seen when our minds try to compare us to others. I know you'll be able to relate to this one. Think about a time when you're working hard on trying to make a new goal or incorporate a change into your life. You're going along just fine and you're making progress toward that goal. You might even reach it. And then out of left field, our mind starts telling us all these stories that we didn't do enough. So-and-so is doing better than us. So-and-so is going faster than us. So-and-so has already achieved X, Y, and Z. We just don't stack up to those around us. Additionally, once we get to our goal, our mind starts telling us it's not enough. We need to do more. We need to get to the next goal. We should have tried for something harder. It's like the finish line just keeps changing. It's not personal though, and it has nothing to do with who we are really. And Dr. Amy Johnson teaches us that it's just what minds do. It's their way of trying to prepare us for the future and keep us safe from things in the past repeating themselves. The problem comes in when we listen to these stories. When we start to take them as truths, we immediately become insecure. And sometimes we even abandon whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. The chatter our minds puts out is constant. 
I love the visual Dr. Johnson uses in the book of the plastic chattering teeth. I've heard her talk about that on her podcast too and in other interviews. And once you start to recognize when your mind's yapping and and kind of spitting out all these stories to you, it's kind of fun to get this visual of these plastic chattering teeth. It kind of helps you redirect your negative beliefs. As an example of this, an example of this recently happened to me. But before I share that story, let me recount the story of Colette from the book, Just a Thought by Dr. Amy Johnson. So Colette grew up with shame around her family situation. When her mom got very ill, her dad left them and they kind of had to fend for themselves and didn't do very well. She held on to this comment that her mother made around how the whole town was talking about them. And Colette's mind took that comment and turned it into a story about who she was. And so anytime she started to step up in her life as an adult, to expand, to grow, to put herself out there, it reiterated that story to her. It told her things like she shouldn't put herself out there. She should stay small. She should stay quiet. She should conform. She doesn't want to stand out because people might start talking about her. Colette believed the stories and allowed it to hold her back. It wasn't until years later when Colette learned about the chattering minds and their stories and was able to disengage with those thoughts and then move on to expand her life. That story made me think about two personal examples for myself. One was a time many years ago, my husband and I were at this event and we were with another couple and we were just hanging out, waiting for something to come on stage. And then another couple that we knew came by. So when that happened, the two women from the other couples sort of engaged and started whispering. Well, my mind immediately went to the thought that they were whispering about me. Why wouldn't they have said it out loud? Why were they huddling? It had to be something negative about me. Well, fortunately, I knew what my mind was doing, so I shut it down. And it was popping back up a couple of times throughout the night, but I just kind of kept shutting it back down. Well, a few hours later, when uh, my girlfriend and I were alone, she actually told me what that conversation was. And they were whispering because they didn't want the guys to hear it and anybody around us to hear it. And it was really no big thing. But when I think about that, my mind definitely could have derailed the whole night for me and made me be in a bad mood. It could have made me feel and act negatively towards my friend. And really, it just had nothing to do with me at all. But when I think about it, I I can kind of think back and I guess my thought is that my mind did that as a way of protection. So it probably saw that maybe there was a possibility that someone was making fun of me. And when I think back to my childhood as a overweight child, there definitely was times when people were making fun of me, that my weight came up in conversation or comments were made. And I can totally see how that past story and that vulnerable moment and how it made me feel made my mind spin up this story to tell me to kind of get in front of that. But the reality was it wasn't real. And just because something happened once doesn't mean it is going to happen or it is happening right now. But that's what minds do. Another similar story happened more recently. So we were planning this get together for my group of Zumba girls and I was going to host it. They were all coming to my house and everything was going fine. And I was getting ready for the night. I was probably an hour or so away before people would come. And I was sitting there putting together some pasta salad and 
I started looking around and I, I don't know why I just got this wave came over me of all these thoughts around what if I, you know, didn't clean the house enough? What if my house is too hot? I don't have Centralia, so that definitely was a possibility. What if we have problems with parking? I don't even know why I would think that I have a huge driveway. What if uh, the quiche I made, which was a new recipe, came out horribly? It just kind of went on and on. There were like a million thoughts that were racing through my head for about five minutes. And then I just shut myself down and I was like, wait a minute. These guys are my friends and we haven't been able to get together for a really long time and everybody's looking forward to it. Nobody is going to care if there's dust on my shelf, if there's, you know, the quiche isn't great, if there's enough cheese in the pasta salad, whatever it was, they just aren't going to care. We're all just going to have a great time getting together. And that's exactly what happened. Everyone came, you know, nothing mattered. It was just a great night and we all had a blast. But again, thinking back on why would that even happen, I definitely can see that there was a pattern in my upbringing where what I didn't do was more accentuated than what I had done. So case in point, if I bring home a report card and it had, you know, three A's and two B's, we wouldn't talk about the three A's. We would talk about why did I get two B's? Or, you know, if I got a part in a play, it was you know, this tiny second of, wow, that's nice, but how come you didn't go for the star role? Things like that. It wasn't anything that was over the top, but it was always just under the the surface. There were these innuendos about not doing enough. And I think that that kind of behavior is enlarged in my brain now. And so anytime I'm doing something, I'm getting ready for something, anytime a big thing is going on, I always start having a little bit of anxiety and I go to that place of, you know, not being enough, not bringing enough, not doing enough. The good part is I now recognize it and I can shut it down. So it's those kind of things where you have to think about them and think in your life, like, you know, where did that come from? Is it real? Is it just a story? And if it's just a story, shut it down. The book shares how our minds take every circumstance and build a story based on previous examples. And it does that in a way to keep us safe. So similar to those examples that I just gave, that's that's what my mind was doing. It had some past experiences. It was trying to give me a story that would, you know, make me do something differently that would keep me safe and not put me back in that situation. Our mind's intent is sincere. But the stories are subjective, especially because they aren't necessarily going to play out, but they're also subjective between how they're interpreted. So here's an example that's really easy to wrap your head around. Think about a ginormous roller coaster, like, you know, at a big amusement park, Six Flags, Walt Disney, wherever you might go. Some of us might think the feeling of dropping from the highest peak of that roller coaster would be really exhilarating. Others might be scared to death and think it's a death trap and they couldn't possibly go on. And that's how our minds work. It's interpreting the situation real time and applying a very subjective story based on previous experience or feelings. It won't change. It's going to happen all the time. But what can change is our recognition of what's going on and our ability to stop listening to it, to shut it down and to redirect our thoughts. So overall, I think the book was a little dry. It didn't flow as nicely as I would have liked. The stories weren't as, um, I don't know, colorful maybe as I would have liked. 
but I loved the messages and I would recommend it. I think that anything that can help us see how our mind really works is worth the read. Understanding that our minds are just like computers, they're just machines, they're just doing their jobs, and that they always make up stories, but that they lie, that makes it easier to not take what it's telling us so seriously. And understanding how the mind operates allows us to move those repetitive stories, those complaints, fears, criticisms to the background instead of to the forefront of our thinking. It allows us to be open to new ideas and allows our perspectives to change. And once we understand it, and once we can do that, we can take our mind's chatter less seriously, and that limits the impact it can have on our lives. We open ourselves up to being able to create new patterns of behavior, new habits, and create new evidence for different stories. Our insecurities and self-judgments start to look less real, and we start to really understand what we are not. We are not those stories it's telling us. And once we understand what we are not, we can finally start to remember who and what we really are. Remembering who we really are is imperative because when we get lost in our mind's narrative and we temporarily forget who we are, which we often do, we feel discomfort. We feel discomfort that is going on behind the scenes and kind of pops up here and there. It's like a built-in alarm that alerts us to our misalignment, to our misidentification, and it whispers. And when we don't listen, it whispers again. And when we don't listen, it screams. And oftentimes that scream feels like some pivotal event in your life. And it forces us to start really revisiting things and looking at what's going on and what are we, what are we doing and who are we really? The book said change doesn't start with action though. Deep lasting change starts with us waking up and seeing things in a way that we didn't see before. And we're waking up rather than learning or figuring it out because there's really nothing we need that we don't have already. We just need to have an open mind to start seeing things differently. Waking up is like an unlearning. We wake up and then all of a sudden things look different. And like one of those hidden picture puzzles, once we see the hidden figure, you can't unsee it. Every time you look at the picture, it's there. When we wake up, we realize that who we really are has been there all along. And the stories that our mind has been telling us aren't real. It's my hope that we can teach more people to look for those signs, to listen for the whispers from the universe trying to redirect us and find alignment with core values and true selves far earlier than doing it only when some major event like a death, divorce, job loss, or empty nest situation forces us to reevaluate and see it. As someone who's been there, do yourself a favor. Don't ignore the signs. Look for them. Pay attention to them. Find yourself in the quiet moments and lean into those whispers. Have an open mind to information like you've just read or you've just heard about on this podcast and others. Ignore the mind's chatter as much as you can. In closing, I just want to leave you with this. A thought is just a suggestion. It's not a command. It's not an order. And just because we think it doesn't mean it's true. And it doesn't mean we have to do what our thought suggests. Question them. Push them back. Remember they're not real. After all, it's just a thought. Thank you for listening to this episode of Message in the Middle with Marianne. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to share it 
and write a review as it helps bring new listeners to our audience. If you'd like to keep the conversation going between episodes, please join us at Facebook group Message in the Middle with Marianne.